The future of health coaching. Opportunity, action, impact. Brought to you by Teleosis Institute, coaching and narrative healing. Welcome to the Future of Health Coaching Summit. I'm Joel Kreisberg, and I am pleased to be here with Dina Coleman. Dina is an award-winning author and health coach and founder of Four Quadrant Living. Uh, um, Dina, welcome. I'm glad to be, that you're here. Well, thank you, Joel. I'm glad to be here, too. Looking forward to it. I guess it's really important to say Four Quadrant Living has to do with the book that you published of a similar title. And so uh, it's actually the title of the book is Four Quadrant Living, Making Healthy Living Your New Way of Life. And so we are here to talk about creating your new health destiny. So, Dina, let's 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 start to you know your health destiny. Where did how did you get here? Okay. Um, well, it started about 16 years ago when my sister was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer. She was 32 at the time, and at that same time, doctors told me that I had an 87% chance of getting cancer in my lifetime as well. And, you know, when I first found out about, you know, watching my sister go through chemotherapy, radiation, stem cell surgery, and also about my high risk, you know, I really just was operating out of a sense of fear. And um, it was about, I would say, 10 years that it was always in my mind, you know, is cancer my destiny too? And finally, I just quit my corporate job. I went back to school. I got my master's in health education. And I really wanted to learn more about health and, you know, are our genes our destiny? And I found out that they're not. And so that's really where it began. And I wanted to share my message with others. Nice. So it's a really important point. So this is, I really like this particular slant. It's like health is, there's this idea of destiny. Am I, am I, am I going to get this illness? But somehow you talk about having control. Like you have an effect on what happens to you. You do. I mean, it's it's an interplay. I'm not saying that, you know, you have total control, but, you know, the research shows that there's a science called epigenetics, which was really um, enlightening for me. And the, you know, researcher scientists used to think that it was our DNA, um, our genotype that developed our, you know, health, determined our health. And now they realize that it's our phenotype, which is our genotype or DNA plus the environment. And when they say environment, it means your thoughts, your emotions, you know, what you eat, your physical activity. And so all of that plays a role. So yes, we have our DNA. And we also have this piece that we can control. And so for me, I just wanted to give myself, you know, my best chance for health. And it's not just about, you know, people that know they're high risk with cancer. It's also, I'll hear people say, you know, I have diabetes because it runs in the family or I have high blood pressure because it's in the genes. And there's really a lot that you can do to impact your health. So what you're saying is there's a lot you can do to be healthier and being healthier will actually impact the likelihood of getting these illnesses or they'll like the impact the ability of getting rid of some of these illnesses. Yeah. So it's a wonderful, so you went to school and became a health coach and somewhere along the way decided that you wanted to, well, you had been writing before, I believe. Yeah, not, um you know, professionally, but I always enjoyed writing. And I think my way of kind of sharing my message is through writing. I also enjoy the one-on-one, -on -one, but for me, that was just one way that I could communicate it out was through writing and wanted to write a book. 
-hmm. So you 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 said, and the book relates to the way you coach in some way. And so this idea of four quadrant living has something to do with four different elements of our health. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so four quadrant living, the quadrants are mind, body, relationships, and environment. In this country, we really tend to focus on one quadrant when we think about health and that really, and that's the body quadrant. So diet and exercise, which is very important, but it really only tells one fourth of the story. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the idea is really that they are these other components, mind, relationships, and environment, which are also very important to our health. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and you start with mind. There must be a reason why starting with mind. Um, just because of the way the quadrants are laid out, so mm -hmm. it's just left to right. <laughs> but there is a way that that you you know you're saying that how I think and how I feel has a big impact. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And so you know, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here looking at the book because I I really enjoy reading the book and I highly recommend it. And so the first piece is creating your masterpiece. Mm -hmm. So what is, tell me about that. What is creating your masterpiece? Well, that one about? is about um, creating your life, actively choosing your life. You know, a lot of times we live on autopilot and we just, we go to school and we get our job and we do this and this and this and this, and we think that we have to do these things or we're stuck in a certain career. And it's really just about, are you living the life that you want to be living? I mean, it takes active choice to do what you want to be doing. I was in a really stressful career before and I found out about my high risk and I didn't want that stress for myself. So I made a change. Um, so it's just all about making sure that you're, you know, choosing the life you want because this is it. We have one. And it has a big impact on your health. So am I doing what I want to be doing? Yes. And what is the impact? But I love the way you put that into what you can do. Right. So the opportunity. So the pieces in the book often show you, give you opportunities to make changes without it being kind of preachy or without it sort of being, here's what you got to go do. You know, it really is. So I'm looking at another one. I see you're laughing now. You are, you are laughing now or the idea of laughter. So tell me about laughing. Um, yeah. So the idea of laughter, the chapter was inspired by um, a time when I was at the airport and we were at baggage claim and I saw this woman and she had three kids running around and she had this bag and the bag just completely fell through and all the contents fell to the floor. And, you know, what did she do? Did she scream at the kids? Did she cry? Did she? No, she laughed. And I remember looking at her and it made a really big impression on me. This was probably 12 years ago. And I remember thinking to myself, that would not be me. I would not be laughing now. I would be doing all of these other things. And so, you know, the idea is, and there's a lot of research behind laughter, you know, how laughter can impact our health and is good for our health. So that's what that chapter right. is. Yeah, so the, so the chapters tend to be bite-sized, something that I can read in a reasonable amount of time. They're easy to read, and then I can go do. Yes, yes. I would imagine you've done all of these. I'm still working on the, the laughter one, but yes, I, you know, I, I would say yes, I try. But it's, it's active. It's an active choice, and it's a process. I, ha I don't have it perfected. You know, I, I work at it every day. Exactly. You, fig you pick something, and you're not, you're not saying do all four today. You're, you know, which one is it? So we've been talking about the mind. Uh, you know, often, you know, as you mentioned, we collapse in health coaching or we focus on the body. And of course, in the body, you know, that can be about am I eating? What am I eating? Or am I getting enough exercise? But 
It could also be about a bunch of things. So what kind of things would you find in the body section? Um, right. So there is the, the diet and exercise. Um, there are a few ch uh, chapters about nutrition. And then there's also ones about sleep, you know, getting enough sleep. There's a lot of research there. So there's some ideas about that. Mm -hmm. um, it's about really mindfully choosing when you're using prescription drugs because there's a lot of side effects. So there's a chapter about that. Um, yeah, I think those... Yeah, so and those are important things, and in a way, but it's not the focus. It's just saying this is important. Yes. And of course, the third section is on relationships. So, how important are relationships? And tell me about relationships and health and it. Yeah, um, you know, so we we might really think about the foods that we put on our body, but are we thinking about the people that we surround ourselves with? And there's a lot of research that shows that people that have a greater support network live longer. Um, recover more from illness and you know my test is when I'm with someone you know sometimes I'll be with someone and I leave them and I'm like I am smart and beautiful and I just feel good and then there's other people after spending time with and I'm like I don't feel good about myself I feel crappy and you know that's kind of my barometer of is this person toxic in my life and do I want to be hanging out with this person it absolutely impacts what's happening in our body and our health mm -hmm. So relationships are important. And as you mentioned, they're a huge determinant of our overall health and well-being as we grow older. You know, find your people is, a is one of the chapters. That's what, kind of what you're, what you're talking about there. Um, you know, I, I think this is, for me, I noticed that working with clients as they get older, this actually is equally as important as nutrition and fitness. Because we're getting, uh, you know, in a way we get isolated as we get older. And making sure that there are in communities and you're being around people is, is key for health. And so then the fourth, the fourth quadrant is the environment. The environment, um, sometimes I feel like the ugly stepchild that people forget about or don't really think relates to our health or don't really want to hear about. But, you know, we drive cars and produce pollution and then we, we breathe that polluted air, you know, or we use toxins and, and we're, you know, in the environment with it. So there really is a direct connection between what's happening in the environment and what's happening with our health. So there's some chapters about, you know, what are the products that you're using in your home? Are they, are they toxic free? Um, how to create the best environment for yourself. And also the other side of that is the environment for health, like being out in nature. You know, there's a lot of research about how that can impact us in terms of lowering our blood pressure. So really taking the time when you can to nurture yourself in that way. And simple ways. It's not saying move to the country and go set up shop and farm. <laughs> You're saying remember the environment or just simply walking to somewhere. Actually, the one that I'm noticing is vinegar and soda, please. Yes. Be natural ways of keeping your home clean. Yeah, exactly. So, so there are four quadrants and we've mentioned the four quadrants. So, so how does four quadrant living work? I mean, so give me the big premise or how, what do I, you know, you work with people using this methodology, I think, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for people to recognize, um, you know, what, you don't, like you said, it's not about, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed, I got to work on all quadrants, you know, everything in those quadrants. It's, you know, taking a look, like for me, I'm really good about taking care of myself in the body quadrant. I mean, I make time for exercise, I eat well, great, I got that checked, but the mind 
you know, I'm not always, I don't necessarily make the time to, you know, just have that meditation time or do my stress, lowering stress time. So for me, it would be, let me see what quadrants am I doing well in? Okay, well, maybe I want to focus some time in the mind. So there are some questions of the book at the end of each quadrant that you can kind of get a barometer of how am I doing in this quadrant? And maybe there's a couple that you choose that you say, I want to focus. Um, so that would be one way to use kind of the four quadrant with health. And then the other one is that, you know, really to remember, like I had a client who um, she had a really, she was in a lot of chronic pain. And so her physical body, you could say, you know, there was unhealth in that way, but she let it impact her entire being. So she, you know, would say that she was an invalid, you know, that's her mind. She would, that's all she would talk about with her relationships, mm -hmm. you know, in the environment, her world was becoming very small. And so, you know, one example would be, look, yeah, maybe you have something going in your, in, on in your body quadrant, but it doesn't mean you have to be unhealthy. I mean, you can turn it around and nourish your mind. Mm -hmm. You know, you can really try to have more of the positive in your relationships or environments. So you still can be healthy and have a physical, you know, ailment or disease. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a different way of looking at health. You can have cancer and still be healthy or be dying and still be healthy. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Actually, I, I, you know, I work, I think you know that my mom passed away of cancer. And I, one of the things that I noticed about her is that she really actually, you know, it was an unpleasant process, but there was also a lot of joy that she got from the exploring the relationships from the people, from the support groups, from the attention that she got through seeking out alternative practitioners. Mm -hmm. And so there was a way that it was a much bigger process than just the, I feel terrible because I'm on chemotherapy, you know, or something like that. It really is that. And so this four quadrant living model offers you the ability. So, you know, in each section you give this opportunity to assess, mm -hmm. right? So you can see, and then from there, there's a way that you can say, well, where can I make a difference? Mm -hmm right, in my health, and it may be, as you just gave the example, is I have certain limitations in certain areas, but it doesn't limit me in other areas. Exactly, yes. Yeah, when you were talking about the power of the mind, the mind is so powerful. Like, for example, when I was talking about, you know, well, okay, so I made a change in my, my job, and some people might say, well, I can't make a change in my job. Well, that may be true, but you can change your mind. So, you know, I'll hear people just say, oh, you know, my job, this, my job, this, my job, this. Well, you, you may not be able to make the change in your job right now, but you can change how you look at your job. So maybe instead of all the bad things, it's like, well, it allows me to make the money. So I go on my vacations that I love. It gives me the flexibility to pick up my kids after school. You know, so you do have the power to change your mindset. Even if you say, I can't make any changes, you can change. Well, that's a, so that's the interesting part. So by having four quadrants and four perspectives, then as the coach or the client, you can look to see where can I make the change, mm -hmm. right? You're not saying, you know, I mean, I, I, mean, I know for me, I, I like doing an annual sort of check in all four areas mm -hmm. to see where I am. Right. And, you know, it's like I often that, you know, work with people for years and years and years. Coaching is often in kind of a smaller container than that. Uh, but there is a way that, you know, what where is where can I make a difference? And the four quadrants give you that opportunity. So, you know, so one of the things I appreciate about the way you write is that you write in units that are really accessible. There's a, there's a, you know, they're, they're not big steps. So how do you see, you know, small steps as, as, as part of this, you know, success? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely key. And there's this great article that's called Leveling Up to Lose Weight by Zen Habits. Um, and it's, you know, specific to losing weight, but I think it applies to a lot of things. And the concept is, um, you know, when you play a video game, you can't just jump in at level seven. You got to start with level one and work your way up. But with health, sometimes like, you know, with diet or exercise, we just start at level seven. We aren't working out. We're going five days this week, you know? And so a lot of times that's where we might have initial success. And then we drop off, you know, and that's why you'll see yo-yo dieting a lot of times. And so the idea of leveling up or these small changes is that start at your level one. What is your level one? If you haven't been going to the gym, maybe it's, you know, one day or not even going to the gym, you know, taking a walk and really succeeding and, you know, getting that foundation at level one before you go up to level two and kind of building that. Mm. Um, so I think it is really important to have those, those small changes. No, actually, really important. What I finally have learned is that all iPhones have step counters in them. Um, and so it's pretty easy. Just the first assignment is just to figure out where it is and see how many steps you do in a day or in a week. And then it's really easy that you discover I only do 750 steps in a day to say, well, can you get up to 1500? Yes. You know, and it, whereas ultimately, 10,000 is the number that we like to, my wife, the physician is always, that's what you need, 10,000. But you can go from 750 to 1500. It's big. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's just meeting yourself where you're at. And I, I think it's, I think having some sort of tracking tool is great. You know, definitely. I mean, I wear my Fitbit, swear by my Fitbit. Um, even if you're doing, you know, food tracking it on my fitness pal, I think it can be really helpful. Yeah, there's a way in which monitoring, you know, allows you to just get a real sense of if you're, you know, if you're really doing what you say you're doing. And then with the small steps, it's just a little step that you can make. And so then it sounds like with the four quadrants, you don't, you, you're kind of allow the coaching process to be open to whatever is natural for the client. Yes. Yeah, yeah there's no scripted, you know, way to navigate it. Right. And, but at the same time, it keeps the, the, the sort of the, the engagement and the, the terrain open to a lot of possibilities um, that, you know, cover the mind, body and relationships and the environment, which is actually environment is the one that kind of gets left out, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. It's interesting. It has a lot to do with uh, how we end up doing a lot of things, isn't it? Doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It's true. And one more thing related to how they all interplay, you know, one example could be someone that's coming in um, wanting to focus on weight and you may think that that's just the body quadrant. Um, but, you know, there could be a lot of emotional things going on. Maybe there's emotional eating. So maybe there's things that need to be, you know, worked on with the mind. Or maybe it's when, you know, you have a fight with somebody at work or at home. So maybe it's the relationship. So it really does interplay more than we think it does. And well, I think that's a really good example because so much of, I mean, like we kind of do, particularly with losing weight, we often go to sort of boot camp mentality and accountability systems. Um, and but the fact, from my own experience, is it's often what's the emotional component around eating? What's the context for eating? So sometimes emotional component has to do with social eating, right? right? So in other words, the buffet table or the party or the bar, you know, you know, is often for, for just as challenging as dieting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's even more challenging. And that's when folks collapse or the holiday season yep. with family is often quite challenging for 
or dieters in a lot of ways. So this allows you to sort of open that up mm -hmm. to the environment for eating, the relationships, yeah. right? And then the feelings mm -hmm. that may go with it. And you can do work in any of these areas. And often that allows the, the client to, to come back to um, success without having it to be all about, it's just what I put in my mouth. Right. True. Do you work a lot with, uh, with, with, you know, is, is weight loss or nutrition, you know, part of your, a steady part of your practice as a coach? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I mean, stress is a big one too. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so you, you, you know, so you got, so you, 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 you completed your program, your school and your degree and you went, became a health coach and you are a health coach and then you wrote this book. And so at this stage, how is the, you know, talk a little bit about or share your experience of your own sort of coach as your, your professional trajectory, how has that evolved from sort of the beginning into a more, you know, robust way of being with your clients? Yeah, when I first started, um, I was, I had my own practice and now I'm working at Kaiser as a health coach. So I've had both experience of, you know, doing the private practice as well as working in an organization. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, the more experience you have, just the more ability that you bring as a coach. I mean, I think probably my biggest growth has been in terms of really letting the client lead the way. Um, I come from a background where, you know, I was paid to be a consultant, come in and problem solve. And so, you know, I would say my tendency would be to educate maybe more with um, patients, which I think is a big piece of it. But, you know, there, there is a lot of research about change, how to get people to change where it needs to come from them. And so it can be powerful to ask, you know, the open-ended questions, really drive at what their motivation is for change rather than focusing on, you know, you want to lose this much weight. It's like, what is the bigger picture of the why? Mm. You know, what's your why? Is it, I want to be able to keep up with my kids. You know, I want to live long and healthy life, you know, really tapping into that core. So I think that's how I've evolved as a coach is just, you know, really trying to hone my skills. Yeah. So then, so it sounds like you're listening beyond, well, how do I just change this behavior and more, how is this behavior representing, or it's an expression of the a way of being mm -hmm. client. And so, and, but you don't know what that is. You're, it sounds like you're being interested in trying to figure it out. So you're using your ideas of quadrants and the ideas of, well, what is really going on here mm -hmm. for this person? So do you find that, um, that, that, um, I mean, that's still an active process. It's just less educational. Yes. Yeah, and I think, you know, when, when education makes sense, like if they really don't have any ideas about nutrition um, or they're just stumped with something, you know, then it is, you know, well, can I share some ideas that I have? Mm -hmm. So it's always, you know, kind of asking the patient or the client. And, but, you know, I think that there's definitely a piece for the education because, why not save them time? Um, you know, they don't have the time to go do all the research that maybe some of the health coaches have. So I think there's a balance there. Well, yeah, well, I would imagine particularly, well, the two big areas are fitness and nutrition that, you know, people aren't, they want to get, there's a certain amount of education that's helpful. Mm -hmm. But you, what you're just saying is that it's not superseding that natural inquiry into what is the way I can serve this client the most. 
right? So, you know, so you're still, and I would also imagine that there's a, there's a way in which understanding those other subtler dynamics is educational for the client as well. You know, making those connections. Yes. Between why I eat so much and what, how I'm, I'm having a hard time being around a lot of people or how I feel embarrassed at a party or I'm shy. Mm -hmm. So I end up eating a lot or having to have a drink mm -hmm. in my hands as a way of, you know, relating. So that's pretty educational too. It's just a different kind of learning. Yeah. Yes. Sounds like that. It's fun. So I, I, I get the sense that you enjoy your work as a coach. I do. I do very much. I feel like my whole life, I mean, I've looked into so many different careers over my 47 years. I mean, it's, I've looked into a lot and I feel like this, I've found it. Like I always wanted a career that could pay the bills and that I was passionate about. And I feel like I'm, I'm here. So it's pretty cool. That's good. And so um, do you still have a your own practice outside of the work with the Kaiser? Or do you do both? I mean, because a lot of folks are trying to decide where they should be working on their own or working in hospitals or hiring. So are you doing both or are you doing, just doing one now? Um, I'm doing mostly with Kaiser. I work four days a week, so I do have one day that I can do private clients. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I am doing a little bit of both, but it's really right now I'm, I'm pretty happy doing my work at Kaiser. And then, you know, in, in, in that system, do, are, the, are, the patient, are the patients or clients that we're going to keep using that language, both of us are go back and forth between the two languages, um, are, the, are the clients, you know, coming to you with specific types of conditions or is it pretty open or how does that work? In my private practice? No, actually in the way Kaiser works. I'm curious. Oh, yeah, so with Kaiser, there's five topic areas that wellness coaches um, coach on. So mm -hmm. those are healthy eating, mm -hmm. healthy weight physical activity, stress, and quitting smoking. Mm. So anything within those five topics would be something that I would be helping them on. That makes sense. So they come to you sort of having selected one of those areas. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean they get stuck there. I imagine that they can go, I mean, you know, if you're doing healthy evening eating, then fitness yeah. may be part of the process too. Exactly. Right. And especially with your way of understanding four quadrants, they overlap quite a bit. But that's the way that someone will be able to get a health. Do they choose health coaching or is Kaiser? How does that, that work in terms of how they want to? It's get free to. to Kaiser members in Northern California. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, how they can find out about it from a variety of ways. It doesn't have to be doctor referred. Sometimes with the smoking patients, it is doctor referred, but you can just call up wellness coaching and ask for an appointment. Mm. So it's, it's pretty progressive, I think, you know, from Kaiser and it's a, it's a great, you know, service that they offer. No, I, well, I think it's really great to have you, to, you know, have to share that experience because it, it's, a, I, I mean, I think that's kind of one of the reasons why we're doing this summit. I mean, this is the future. You're going to see more and more opportunities for health coaches working in hospital systems or primary care systems. And it sounds like that's a, that works for you. It does. It does. Yes, very much. I'm curious, uh, you know, with smoking, is that something, is there something unique to working with, uh, you know, smoking, stopping smoking? Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit different um, of a process. And, you know, there's kind of three pieces that we, you know, talk to people about um, with like uh, medication, you know, like um, nicotine replacement, having a quit plan and support. So it is a little bit different um, and it's tough, you know, but it's definitely something that really benefits your health if you can quit. 
Well, and there is there is research that shows that it's a very effective. So it's important to recognize that it's not. They wouldn't be doing it if it hasn't been proven to be effective yes. at this stage for stop for for stop smoking. So that's. An, I mean, of course, the our audience for this conversation are health coaches. So most of the health coaches know that already. But it is something that maybe that you that someone who wants to to do this kind of work, a hospital work or corporate work, would want to make sure they get some training. Mm -hmm. in the specifics of working with stop smoking it may not be a natural well that's what i want to learn about um, because it's a it, it's it's not going away it's going to be around and there's going to be more and more programs uh, using coaches mm -hmm. so then so then in that system do you get to see a client over and over and over again regularly i mean how how often would you get to see someone that you know work with an individual My work is all over the phone with kaiser it's mm -hmm. it's um, all over the phone and yes, they can book um, subsequent appointments with myself so there can be the consistency of which health coach they're talking to. Mm -hmm. And typically, you know, I would say it's around six to eight sessions. Mm -hmm. um, it's not intended to be a long term like therapy. Really, the idea is to get to that behavior change and motivation and then help people get on their way. But there's a lot of research that shows, especially, you know, because with Kaiser, they wouldn't necessarily be paying. It would be different in a private practice where, you know, you, you're going to be really motivated if you're actually paying your money. So, but there's research that shows, you know, just to have that value of it, you don't want to make it this unlimited thing. But there, once again, there's research that shows that's effective for short term. So it sounds like I'm guessing you kind of once a week is kind of a normal. Yeah, I mean, I would say usually in the beginning, it's once a week. And then maybe people want to space out like two to three weeks just so they can try what they've said that they're going to do and see how that goes and then check back in. But it's, it's really patient driven. If somebody wants to talk every week, that's fine. Some people like to talk once a month. That's okay, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's an interesting way that that's what happens in my private practice. And I imagine you're, you know, that there's a, an upfront kind of busyness and then it spaces out. Yeah. And then, you know, and then more than a month, sometimes it kind of gets lost, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. so that's good. And so, you know, and, and so the, the, it sounds, I mean, they wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't effective. Right. I mean, Kaiser wouldn't be paying for it. And it sounds like that you really enjoy working in that context. It's, you know, there's a way in which uh, you don't have to work so hard to try and attract clients. Does that make a difference? It does. Yeah, I think just, you know, doing writing the book and then promoting the book and then having my own practice. I loved it, but it was also a lot of work. You know, I was always marketing and out there. And I think it tired me a little bit. And now, you know, I like being able to, I mean, every day at the end of my day, I say, I just got paid to help 14 patients today. You know, I feel like I like just being able to go, the patients are there, I don't need to get them. And, you know, so I think it just depends on where we're at in our life. We're in different, you know, places throughout the course of our lives. For me right now, this, this works for me. Right. No, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So it's interesting. And so then that, you know, that, and that was you, if I had, we had talked three years ago, who would have thought, right? You, you know, that wasn't. I would not have thought because I hadn't worked for a company since 1998. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't think that was part of who I was or, you know, would enjoy. I just didn't see it happening at all. So I'm, I'm, yeah, kind of amazed myself, but it's a good fit. That's nice. And I imagine, though, that even though, I mean, working in the Kaiser context, you're, it's not that you're using the formal four quadrant system, but it shows up anyway because of your knowledge, uh, you know, it, it, it comes in. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, we work within the Kaiser model, but of course, whatever each individual health coach brings, I mean, we bring ourselves to the table. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I'm curious, is it, does the Kaiser model have assessment as well in it? I mean, you know, we talked about in the four quadrant model, you have a little assessment for each area, mm -hmm. right? Is there assessment in some way with the client when they come to you in the, in that, in the, in well, the Kaiser system? I would say there's some resources that you know um, patients can fill out that can kind of track in the different areas of health that we've talked about so yeah I would say yes they don't have to it's not like everybody I talked to has done it but it's an offering for people mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so it's a little bit, you know, you know it, 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 it sounds like it's, it's got a lot of variety in it. So how do you, how do we help people? I mean, there's two, I'm going to, I'm going to, this is a two-part question. I'll do the first half. So how do we help people be successful or what's the, what are some of the, you know, what tips can you come up with or share with us about how, what's really worked for you with clients? That's the mm -hmm. question. Okay. Um, I would say, um, you know, I mean, kind of just a recap of what we've been talking about. So I would say, you know, having bite-sized pieces um, of what they're, you know, kind of goal setting. Now, some people come in, you know, so that may not be for everybody because some people want to get that jump start. They're like, I just need to do this and then I'll figure out how to, you know, maintain it or make it more reasonable. So it's not for everybody, but I would say, you know, kind of doing that leveling up, making it reasonable. I would say, you know, how to have that accountability or tracking as a health coach that would be, you know, with you, but ongoing you want to put systems in place for them of you know how can they kind of have that ongoing mm -hmm. um, Great. I would say, you know just really tapping into so that they understand what their bigger motivation or core value is for why they're wanting to make the change so mm. just kind of a recap of the things we've talked well, about no, but that's really good to hear the recap so that's the, so there's the mind and the body and the accountability so there's like a a cycle that's complete that they, and then also you also mentioned that it has to be sustaining mm -hmm. so it's not just being accountable to you the coach it's being accountable the client has developed their own ability to be accountable to themselves absolutely that's the big piece i think and that was the you know kind of the message that i wanted in my book is mm. that, that's why the the subtitle is making healthy living your new way of life it's about how to just not make this something I'm doing. I'm on this diet, you know, no, this is how you live. Mm -hmm. um, so it is really about what can I do that feels sustainable? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and what I appreciate about that is that there's a wonderful thing about a good coach, you know, get, reminds you that you're doing such a wonderful job. That's sustaining, mm -hmm. that salutogenic or flourishing positive. And that, then there's a way in which you want to figure out how to do that for yourself. Right to actually say, you know, I like this. Mm -hmm. This feels good. But so the, that's the when the coach can help point that out and help build that in, so that you are, you know, as you make these changes, you're also making a system to continue to sustain those changes. Mm -hmm. Is key. So the B question that goes with this is: so now, what about how do we sustain the health coach? Right. So how do you know, it's like, well, I studied this and I learned how to, these a bunch of skills and now I'm out there trying to make a living and it's a lot of work <laughs> and I, there's a lot of techniques out there for me. So wh what kind of a, a tips or advice or how can, what would you say to someone like that who's trying to figure out how, how can I really, you sound like you've been very successful. Yeah. Um, so do you mean tips for like, 
your own self-care or do you mean tips for how to like make a living as a health coach? Yeah, so how does the health coach sustain their own, you know, interest and their own success and their own way of, you know, growing as a coach? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important um, to remember, you know, all the things that you're teaching others to do for yourself. So it's easy to be a caregiver and not take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I know that, I mean, definitely when I first started, I would be drained by the end of the day because I felt like I just was, when you're a health coach, you're really focusing that time on that patient, you know, and to do a good job, you're really in the moment with them and it can be exhausting. So it's just making sure to do the things that fill you back up. Maybe it's making sure you take a few minutes before each call or each patient or, you know, just making sure that you're nourishing yourself. I'm curious then. So is there a way that you would create an accountability to doing that kind of stuff for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I actually had an accountability buddy um, for a couple years every Monday that I would Skype with. She lived in London, and every week we would say what our goals are for the week. It can be, you know, I want to try to meditate every day. It can be I want to do this from a work standpoint. It can be something with diet. So I definitely recommend having a buddy system. It doesn't even have to be Skype if you don't have time for that. Maybe it's texting at the beginning of the week. This is what I want to do. But somehow just you know making that commitment to yourself of what you want to do can be helpful no it's actually really great because going back to the four quadrants that's a relationship so you're using a relationship to support your own behavior or own goals yeah which could be in any quadrant but they still require you doing something or yes. technically could be not doing something is a type of doing mm -hmm. um, but you're using a, you know a relationship and that's a really I think a an important move relationships can be very supportive mm -hmm. and it gives a good example of what you were we were saying earlier in the four quadrant perspective of how relationships so much impact your health mm-hmm yes Absolutely. So, so the health coach is someone who's, you know, we're still on this idea of like, so I'm, I'm, you've been through a career of, you know, you train and then you start to work with people and then now you're working in a different environment because that works for you. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like you're still stay very open to your, your, your clients and there, it sounds like you're learning things from them. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely I just keep growing and growing, you know, and, and just absolutely learn with every every patient and and just continue to to get better are you finding you're discovering new perspectives on the four quadrants that you wrote i mean you wrote this wonderful book it has a lot of different four pieces in the four fields are there new ones that have been emerging that you're becoming aware of are you writing any new ones up um when i come up with new thoughts i do have a document called book two and so i do have some thoughts in there but I think I think the book captures, you know, most of it. So I don't think there's there's always like these ahas. Well, and you do blog, right? And you do share your wisdom, and that's important to you. So the folks can continue to learn this four quadrant perspective because mm -hmm. it doesn't really kind of it's not done ever. No, no, that's true. I I don't think we'll ever be done at this this healthy living thing. It's you know it's. I mean, it's what, it's my way of life, but it's, it's always active. You know, every day you're making choices of who you're surrounding yourself with, the foods you're eating, the exercise you're doing or not doing, the stress you allow. Every day it's an active choice. Mm -hmm. And then, and so then this goes back to where we started from, which is the idea that, you know, you're, you're actually 
creating your new health destiny, mm-hmm. right? Because you're going from a, a, a kind of a passive relationship that, you know, my genes have decided what's going to happen to me to a much more engaged way of, well, I can do things that really impact my health. Yeah, I'm, I believe that passionately. Mm-hmm. And it seems like that, I mean, you know, going recycling all the way back to your beginning story, it, that, that somehow changes your relationship with the kind of like the, the dread that comes up when we hear a lot of medical. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I definitely, when I first kind of got that high risk status and, you know, watched my sister go through that, I mean, I was totally in this fear mode. And even though in the beginning I was watching what I was eating because of it, it was not healthy. I was not in a healthy place because it was being driven by fear. And now I feel like I am empowered, you know, it's not fear anymore. And it's, you know, it's just how we choose to look at ourselves and, and take back the control that we can and not just be, you know, labeled, you are diabetic, you are this, you are that, you know what, I mean, do what you can to change it, you know, maybe you can't, but maybe you can't. So why not give it your best chance for the maybe you can. Right. Well, I appreciate you describe it also as claiming your power. It goes back to that, that first one that we talked about. It's, you know, creating your masterpiece, which is mm-hmm. like yourself, right? So you get to be in charge. So the way you're describing coaching is to really support a client, a patient's finding what's really meaningful for them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, within the conversation, we've been talking about four quadrants. You're saying meaning can be in the mind or can be in the body. Absolutely. Relationships yeah. and the way that you serve or relate to others. And some people make great art and they need, yes. to, you know, their environment or, or, you know, have really, you know, lovely homes that mm-hmm. they feel good in. So, so you're, you've really focused on opening up this, this full terrain, mm-hmm. right? And, and the book has, you know, certainly gives any of our you know our readers a, a really easy access to this four pers- this this idea of four quadrant living right and making you know making healthy living your new way of life it's a lovely offering and so i'm really grateful that you're it's grateful to actually when I, we've known each other for a while that that you put this all together and you know, at this stage, the book out of is still selling. I mean, it was a got awards and yeah, it's gotten ten awards. And the you know the forward is by Dick Bowles, who what what who wrote What Color Is Your Parachute? So it did really well, and it does continue to do well. I still you know see spikes in sales or you know hear from different readers around the world. So you know I'm happy. I mean, when I wrote it, I didn't. I just really felt like it was this message that I wanted to share because of where I had come from and the belief that I had. And, um, you know, I'm just glad that it is resonating with other people. And I think that, you know, my, my idea of it really was to make it accessible. And so I appreciate hearing that, you know, it is accessible. It is. It is. And, you know, of course, folks who are watching this video, the link is going to be in your bio anyway, so they can do it. But if folks want to stay in touch with you and get these little regular, I've been following your blogs for many years now. It's fourquadrantliving.com. Yes. Did I get that? that Let me see. Look at that. Yes, you did. (laughs) F-O-U-R quadrantliving.com. Right. And the link is going to be right under the video so people can find it. But so, well, Dina, it's been a wonderful conversation. I really just, you know, I'm really glad that we got to, 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 to catch up. 
Yes. And I think your work is really accessible, and so I hope folks get a chance to sort of continue to learn from you. This is just the beginning, because I think that this perspective and your wisdom is something that uh, really has, well, certainly impacting lots of people. And uh, it's going to continue to do so. So I want to thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. And, and you know, it's a great uh, resource that you are offering health coaches. So I'm happy to be a part of it. Mm -hmm.